the weather is getting warmer here in Boston, finally, and I'm sure wherever you are in the world, you guys experience the same thing. The second the sun comes out, the second it gets warm, everyone says goodbye to jackets and sweaters and starts wearing spring and summer fits for the rest of time. I don't care if it gets rainy. I don't care if it gets colder again. I'm in spring and summer fits because I'm standing in my power. And I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul this year because it just felt fitting with a new era. And obviously, I want high quality pieces, but I don't want to spend a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince, and now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year because these are high quality pieces they're staying in my wardrobe the best part is that all quince items are priced 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they even show you on the website how much you're saving which is awesome quince partners directly with top factories cutting out the costs of the middleman and passes those savings on to us i recently got a really really nice linen set of like pants and a short sleeve button up all, both in white linen which is awesome and i know they're gonna be my staple all spring and all summer so get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash goals for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns q u i n c e dot com slash goals to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash goals i know everyone has memories of cracking open some wonderful pistachios i used to always throw a bag of the classic roasted salted wonderful pistachios in the cart when i was grocery shopping growing up and I remember always having a bowl going in the kitchen while cracking them open. Roasted salted is still my classic, but recently I've been trying all the flavors and I must say, even though I love in-shell pistachios for the activity of cracking them open, Wonderful Pistachios, no shell, salt and vinegar might just be my new favorite. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. There's six grams of protein per one ounce serving. That's packing a protein punch. Chili roasted, honey roasted, sea salt and pepper, jalapeno lime. There are so many flavors to try out and Wonderful Pistachios has become one of my favorite snacks recently. I need my snacks to be a good source of protein and I love when I can eat snacks with my hands. It's easy, it's fun, what more can you ask for? I also really like using the no-shell pistachios from Wonderful Pistachios to put on salads or rice bowls. Spring and summer salads are going to be so good. I can't wait to add the jalapeno lime ones to a fresh salad. And I've been using the chili roasted flavor on top of rice bowls recently. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more and find out where you can get wonderful pistachios near you. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Girls with Goals with your hosts, Anne Catherine and Caroline, to talk about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome and it's self doubt and self doubt overcoming it like what it is why does it happen mm -hmm. this topic i remember have we talked about this before i don't think we've ever had an official episode, episode but i genuinely think that it's been on our list of episodes we need to do since, since we lived in singapore, singapore. Yeah. yeah i knew we were both gonna say that because i remember i made a tiktok talking about it when i was in singapore because it felt so prevalent on my mind then for whatever reason probably because i was feeling it and it, we put it on the list then to make an episode and it's been so long but it still remains such a relevant topic in terms of everyone's life experience and mental health and all of that so i'm excited to get into it today reminders before we get into the episode merch is available the impress yourself collection we did that episode a while ago but it is still one of my favorites and that's why we based our merch off of it um so if you haven't seen it yeah what would you do if you were the only person you had to impress if you haven't seen it yet if you're not up to date on the instagram on our personals i wear it every single day everyone that i talk to that has had it wears it every single day and it's just a white hoodie it says in white embroidery gwg on the arm little wrist moment it says impress yourself in blue on the front there's a beach on the back with words a whole 
a whole, whole essay, a whole if you essay will, about impressing yourself. It's really cute. There's also a matching beanie if you want one, if you want both. Link is below. <laughs> Make sure you guys are also following at Girls with Goals Pod on Instagram and TikTok so you can keep up with all things podcast behind the scenes content as well as our personal pages where it's not just podcast content. We kind of conceptualize and visualize all the things we talk about on here in our Instagram and TikTok content. So our personals are at Carolyn Kaneen. Adding Catherine Kaneen. It's also all below. So if you want to like click, click and check it out. Yeah. You can do so. Before we get into talking about imposter syndrome, highs, lows, and goals of the week, do you have a high, a low, a goal? A high is how energized and productive I've been feeling in this first week of 2023. Sorry, in this first week of 2024. 2024. My bad. Yeah, the change of year, super motivating. I think also because this is my last week before going back to school, and so having that upcoming transition has also been quite motivating for me. And also maybe I'm just coming out of the winter slump a little bit, the low energy kind of having nothing not nothing to hey, look um, forward to. Winter hasn't to. started yet, so okay. <laughs> there's no snow on the ground. Not we got the, a long way to not go. Not the slump of like having nothing to look forward to, but having no like no next steps coming up. Whereas now, like going back to school, I have next steps coming up. I'm like, oh, suddenly I got to prepare for classes. I got to rebuild my schedule. What's my new workout routine going to be? And definitely, it's always motivating in those times to start bringing those habits back now. So I've been a lot better this week of waking up early, doing workouts in the morning, and then being quite productive with my time. I bought a planner for 2024, which I just haven't been that scheduled with my life in quite a while. So My high is that I got myself a kombucha, and it's down in the fridge, and I'm going to go drink it after this, and I'm really excited. You got yourself <laughs> a few kombuchas. I did. I we went to the grocery store. One, so yeah, I drank one yesterday. Your high is that you also drank kombucha I also drank kombucha yesterday, but we went to the grocery store, and I got just a bunch of kombuchas as well as like other things i needed mm. but at the end of the day i did just get a bunch of kombuchas right. it was like s- that grocery trip where it's just a bunch of like spare random items like nothing all that cohesive and then a bunch of beverages <laughs> i was doing the math on like my groceries now that i'm gonna be back in a routine of i need to buy groceries and mm. need to go to trader joe's not whole foods because right. whole foods is right next door to us but i'm not trying to drop a bag you know what i mean when yeah. it could be trader joe's is so much more affordable it is or there's Star Market in Boston too, which is a I little bit know. farther Trader than Joe's Whole Foods. Is more like comfortable of an environment to be in. I feel like I I walk past Trader Joe's a lot more than I do. Yeah. Hi Stanley, he's back. This is what I'm saying. He asked to leave. Stanley's our dog. He asked to leave and then comes back and then he asked to leave again and he comes back. He has raging FOMO <laughs> and I thought we were leaving that in 2023, but I guess he didn't get the memo. He didn't, he didn't get listen the memo. to the episode. 2024, FOMO's out. FOMO's out. Um, but yeah, that's my high. I also got a new deodorant. Ooh, I would say. Another in that I didn't mention in the 2024 ins and outs episode is having a good perfume and having a signature scent. I'm excited about this year. I got in Catherine some mini YSL perfumes for Christmas and I got myself a mini Prada one to to test out the scents before um, investing in a larger bottle. But I really like the Prada Paradox it also one that I got. So Mom made a really good point. The little ones. Yeah. They last so long. They last long. so long. And they're only like... Thirty dollars, right? It wasn't compared that to compared to the normal price, and they evaporate like they're gonna stay fresh if you always get the little ones, you rather I mean? than like having a big one that you're never yeah. really gonna finish. I agree. So that was well a yeah. side note. We did go to Ulta the other day because we needed a few things, and we were bored with our friend, and we tried. We smelled all of them. Do you have a low of the week? Energizing. Um, when we were grocery shopping, I bought this steak. I don't know what cut it was, but I wasn't really paying attention, and I just picked one up and put it in the cart wrong one wrong type it was so it was meant for like best in like a stew you know what i mean and i tried to sear it because i just again wasn't thinking 
tried to sear it. Awful. I could not eat it. Like it wouldn't Couldn't chew. even bite into it. Couldn't you couldn't chew it. You know what yeah. I mean? So then I cooked it, couldn't chew it, and then I had to just like change plans and Did you end up like Yeah, I ate it for lunch it? today. I didn't stew it. I I boiled it s- to make it softer. Kind of. I like put it on simmer in some chicken broth and it <laughs> made it tender. Interesting. Then I ate it. It was yeah. good. Okay, good. It's a low turned around. It is low turned around. My low of the week is probably all of the errands having to do, like a lot of returns that I have to make from things that I bought, Black Friday, Christmas shopping that I've just put off sending the return back, even though I've like had the label and stuff. I have some Amazon things I have to go return. I don't know. I just like have, have some returns to do and then also errands to run to like stock up on some groceries and toiletries and stuff before going back to Boston and like errands you know it's fun every once in a while but it just is kind of like tasks and things that you have to do but it's not that huge of a low i would just say that's the only kind of damper on the week again my goal is i have to like pack up and move and i'm just not going to do that until the night before so my goal is to get it done (laughs) which i will because look if there's a deadline for something you're going to get it done so it doesn't really matter what time you start my goal is probably just a nice smooth move in to boston i'm excited to move in on the weekend and have a couple days before i start classes on monday to just like unpack all of my stuff get my room in the environment that I want it to be. Go hit the gym and have a nice weekend reset, steam room at the gym, get groceries, things like that. I'm excited. So imposter syndrome, if you haven't heard of it before, because maybe you have, maybe you haven't, I think it's a very widely felt emotion and feeling, but not necessarily a widely talked about or educated on experience. So imposter syndrome is that feeling that despite all of your qualifications for something, despite all of the things that you've achieved, that you're just a fraud and you've been faking your way and you could be exposed at any moment, which kind of sounds like an extreme when you put it into those words. But at the end of the day, it's just a feeling that like you haven't actually earned your accomplishments or why am I worthy for this? Or do I actually know what I'm talking about? And all of those smaller feelings that can kind of be bundled in to making you feel like an imposter in whatever you're doing or whatever you're talking about. Yeah, I think everyone has felt this before, whether you know there's a term for it or not but the fact that there is a term for it and a very common term at that means that everyone experiences this and regardless of who you are I feel like everyone always sees interviews with celebrities or high up people if you're having like a school interview type situation um mentor whatever it may be this comes up a lot because there is somewhat of a discrepancy just using like careers as an example or growth you are constantly growing you're constantly learning and getting better at whatever it is you're doing maybe it's a hobby maybe it's your career maybe it's Mm. whatever it may be but the way we put ourselves into buckets is very black and white you know it's more like a tier Mm. i'm a beginner i'm an intermediate um yeah is not Um, it's much more fluid right so when you graduate to this new label of you know beginner to intermediate or expert or whatever it may be it's a different promotion a different title a different way that people perceive you in how you perform in this certain thing whether it's like a conscious acknowledgement or just a subconscious understanding of where you are in this thing it's a lot easier to put ourselves into these black and white little buckets with a label with you know a level of something um And the only time that that changes is when there's a big jump or a big change. But realistically, you're not. There's effort and growth in between those buckets that isn't being accounted for, which is valid. We're not going to make a million different titles or labels to understand where you're at in a process. But it kind of messes with your head when you do get moved to a different label, a different tier. 
you're like, well, I was just there for so long. And there's a certain amount of growth that happens Mm -hmm. within that tier. So when you move up from a lower tier to a higher tier, you are going from the highest part of that lower tier to the lowest part of that higher tier. And there's really no difference between those two. But you come from being, it's like being the fifth grader in elementary school. It's like the sixth grader in middle school you know what I mean you go from the right. top of the food chain straight like to the bottom but actually you moved up in elementary school to to middle school yeah so did anything really change no but the label and how people perceive it changed and so then you feel like there's something you have to make up to prove yourself in that space I think that's actually a really interesting way to put it because I think probably a huge reason for people experiencing imposter syndrome is that disconnect between the physical accomplishment and then the mental acknowledgement of it, that catch-up space that's Mm -hmm. in between. Because if you're always moving forward physically, like your brain and how you perceive yourself is not always going to be at that exact same step. Like the more that you do something, your brain might still be telling you like, oh, I'm a beginner. Like, oh, I'm not good at that. Oh, I don't do that. Even when you're kind of far down the line of doing something because it feels safer and easier mentally to like keep ourselves in the bucket of oh I'm just starting oh I don't actually know that I'm just trying rather than claiming that like you are this person it's kind of like saying oh I want to work out more I want to run more versus I am a runner I I do work out like I'm someone that does that or it's when you start a new career it's the difference between saying say you're in law school like I want to be a lawyer I'm studying law to like I am a lawyer Mm -hmm. that's a that's a very big difference in identity even though your skills have been growing at a gradual pace the whole time that kind of jump in identity of claiming this thing feels so extreme and so I think the main source of imposter syndrome is that disconnect mentally of where you tell yourself you are versus physically what your role is rebuttal because okay. I think the opposite is also true. Okay. You know, I feel like I've used this example before, but there was someone growing up that just had the title, I guess, of I have the best music taste. Mm-hmm. I have the best music taste. But at the end of the day, what constituted them to have the best music taste was just that they were into music. They were the most into music. And that may be an indicator of you have the best music taste, but it was like, oh, they're always on aux. And they're, you know what I mean? This is just one mm-hmm. example. But because they put that, out into the world that was the label that they're giving themselves that's what people understood so you could be like punching above your weight so much that even though other people acknowledge that that's where you're at you could have a hard time understanding and like always being confident in that being your label your strength your thing that you have or that you do this is true I think the more that a label gets put on you for something the more that you might feel imposter syndrome because you're like why like, is this actually true? Like, if there's more talk about something, then you feel like there is right. actually Right, when it gets it, almost, like, not overhyped, but, like, yeah, when it starts to be set in stone. Because you can say you're anything you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, I feel like we've talked about this um, with hobbies. Or, you know what, it came in a question. Someone was talking about, during our hobby episode in the double take question, one of their mutual friends started their hobby and was really really talking about it even though you know the person who wrote this question in is an expert at this hobby has been doing it for years is really really good at it but Mm -hmm. maybe doesn't talk about it openly or like abundantly as much as their friend who has just started this hobby and who is inherently a beginner because they just started the hobby um who is talking about it like it is their entire life that they are the best at it that they are so knowledgeable about it because you get that little like newbie gains yeah almost so you go from zero to 
really, really quickly. You just went from zero knowledge to 10 levels of knowledge. That is a an insane increase mm. in knowledge. Um, well, but then the next couple buckets or increments, even though you are getting better and moving up and becoming more of an expert in this topic, it's harder to grasp because as you get better at something you realize how much you don't know in the beginning you have no idea how much there is to learn about a new hobby or a Mm. new career or a new something so whatever you do learn is like groundbreaking groundbreaking right but as you get better you you realize what there is that you haven't learned yet and you start to conceptualize how far off you are so I think honestly the better you get at something the more imposter syndrome sets in to a certain extent that's really interesting I think there are a bunch of reasons why someone might experience imposter syndrome I think a lot of the time it can be linked to perfectionism not wanting to claim yourself as something or not allowing yourself to believe that you are something or Mm -hmm. speak it forward if you don't think that you are the absolute best or you're absolutely perfect I think it can totally be linked to perfectionism in that way as well as a fear of failure because the second that you claim something and you let yourself believe that it's true the more that you know failure kind of becomes an option because oh if you're like oh but I've been I've been faking it this whole time like I wasn't actually qualified it for it like I just got into this position by luck then failure seems more comfortable because it's kind of like inevitable if you're speaking yourself into that position versus if you claim something and you're like no I am smart I did get this job because I earned this job then anything that you mess up you know seems like a bigger failure because you're supposed to be the expert or you're letting yourself believe you are so linked to perfectionism linked to a fear of failure even social comparison like not letting yourself believe that you are something because somebody else might have one more year of experience or they might be seen as better in a way or more of an expert that doesn't take away from your experience that could happen in your career a lot especially if you're you know more in a corporate world than a startup world Mm -hmm. or you know a really long standing product rather than you know more technology or new products out there because the people that have been in that career working with that product have been there for I mean one time we took a meeting and they're like oh we've been in the industry for 30 years and I was like I'm 21 years old right that is you've been in this industry longer than I've been alive crazy you know you have so much knowledge on this thing and so when you get there you kind of say you're in a meeting and someone you have something to say a lot of the times it's going to be a thought to like keep it inside because they know more than you yeah you know what I mean in there you may be in a hostile environment where you don't feel like you can say that at all hopefully you're in an environment where people appreciate your ideas whether they're new or different whether they're right or wrong or whatever hopefully that no matter what level you're at your thoughts are respected but a lot of the time that is a thought whatever environment you're in it is hard to speak up when you mm. feel like you're not on the same level as those around you. And that could be just because you have some some false yeah. level of imposter syndrome or because, you know, there is a level or experience discrepancy. Regardless, your thoughts are still valid and your thoughts should still be respected. And you should say them. Yeah. You should ignore those thoughts and say them because the more you do ignore them, the easier it is going to be to ignore them in the future and the less impactful that this imposter syndrome feeling is going to be on you too. Mm. One other source of imposter syndrome that I think is super interesting and that can be really, really deep rooted in anybody is when it stems from past experiences where you weren't recognized for your achievements or where you faced criticism. 
And that could be super young. Like maybe you were in dance classes when you were younger and you had a mean instructor who kind of compared you to the other girls in the class and made you feel like you weren't good enough or you weren't leveling up. Maybe it was a boss at your first professional job who was way overly critical on you and made you feel like you couldn't speak up and you couldn't get help and that you were never able to make a mistake. Maybe it could even be social where you don't feel like you were recognized by your peers that much and so you felt like you had to be kind of silenced in general or maybe about a specific topic all of these things can build thought patterns inside of you to make you feel like your experience isn't valid or real in a way because I think that's the realness is kind of what it is in imposter syndrome it's like feeling like something isn't real like why am I worthy of this how did I get to this position Mm -hmm. like it must have it must have all been fake someone's gonna expose me or put me down or criticize me at any moment that's the thing with imposter syndrome it is all or nothing and Mm -hmm. I think that has to do with the fact that if you are brand new in something you're not going to have imposter syndrome you're just going to have awareness that you're a beginner right because um, you're not claiming to be anything you're not I guess right when you have imposter syndrome it is this feeling of which it's not true but you do feel like you're claiming to be something you're not or you know you have expectations that you can't live up to or responsibilities that you're not capable of when you are that's just your brain trying to trick you but the thing is it only happens when it is real when you're supposed to be in that position because mm-hmm. it's again it goes back to the idea of like you know what what else there is out there you know the capacity or the impact of what you're doing whether it be with an interest with a hobby with a personality trait you're almost so aware of it or so good at it that you know the extent of how big it could be and that's why you have imposter syndrome if Mm. you're just starting out if you're not supposed to be in that position you're not gonna have imposter syndrome because you're not even gonna know what you don't know Do you want to learn a new language? Maybe for an upcoming trip, maybe to better connect with friends who speak other languages, maybe you just want a new skill. Rosetta Stone is going to help get you there. When talking about Rosetta Stone, I always think about when we were maybe five years old and our dad started traveling to China for work. He used Rosetta Stone for Mandarin and obviously Carolyn and I would use it too, especially when we found out that we were going to move to Asia. That is such a core memory for me and I can so vividly remember speaking into the computer listening to the audio and like matching it so vividly and the best thing about rosetta stone is that rosetta stone offers a lifetime membership so you can buy the program now and get forever access to all the lessons all the languages forever so i've been using this lifetime membership to pick back up my mandarin and let me tell you rosetta stone is incredible the way that it is so immersive has me back to being confident in my mandarin so quickly and you can even start from scratch of course they have 25 languages to learn and it's immersive you learn it naturally and you should definitely check it out don't put off learning that language there's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time girls with goals listeners can get rosetta stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off visit rosettastone.com today that's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. When you have big goals in a busy schedule, like all Girls With Goals listeners do, because that is exactly why we are here, it can be so difficult to actually find time for wellness. Even though it's a core value for all of us, small wellness habits can easily be buried by everything we have going on. This is why we have Fleur Marche. Fleur Marche delivers simple, quality, affordable wellness solutions for life's daily challenges. It's founded by women and inspired by the female dreamers, hustlers, and activists on the front lines of change. 
And their mission is to help you feel 100% every single day with fun and easy to understand plant-powered wellness products. Caroline and I have both been using the Fleur Marche Botanical Wellness Patches and have really, really enjoyed them because they're so easy and honestly so cool. They're different than a lot of the products I've used in the past for sleep, relaxation, focus, and relief, which are just some of the patches that Fleur Marche offers. Because they're both effective and fun, I think that's why I've been more intentional about this wellness habit with Fleur Marche because I actually enjoy using the patches. So go check out all the patches and all the products that Fleur Marche has for you and try them for yourself. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with the promo code GOALS at checkout. Go to f-l-e-u-r-m-a-r-c-h-e.com and use code GOALS for 20% off your first order. You know what I mean? But That's also, a good way to put it because it's you questioning the realness of something, but it has to be real in order for you to question the realness. And so whatever the imposter syndrome is stemming from, and it might just come in waves at different points of your life. I don't know that it's something that we all experience 100% or 0%, but it can come at you in certain scenarios. Maybe there's a typical scenario, like it's always a work environment that you feel that way, or a school environment, or maybe it's always a social environment. But whatever it is, it's a very uncomfortable feeling because it makes you question your abilities. It makes you question your accomplishments, even when there's no real evidence to back that up. You know, like even when there's no evidence for you to say, I didn't really accomplish this. That was just luck. Or I don't actually have that ability. It just fell in my lap. It happened to me. You might feel like you're just lucky or that everyone else is way more talented or knowledgeable than you, even when those things aren't true. And any experience of self-doubt like that is a super uncomfortable thing. So we want to talk about some moments where we have felt imposter syndrome, as well as our best advice to overcome that self-doubt and kind of get past it, because it's nothing that we want you to be feeling long-term. I will say, I think that it's linked with commitment a little bit, because any time that I've felt imposter syndrome is when I haven't been committing entirely to like my environment that I'm in and I know we talked about this a while ago with the fuck commitment issues episode but the entire premise of that episode was just you have to commit to something you have to go all in or else you're not going to get the most out of it and so when I'm not committing to something you're in this limbo situation and so I felt this when moving to different places um, when starting new chapters of life and I'm not fully committing to them and you're you're like half-assing two things at once You're not going to be fully in it with either thing. And then you're going to feel this lack of excellence in both things. Um, And so I think a lot of the time in practice with non-career, non-hobby, imposter syndrome feelings are just a general sense of anxiety with the imposter syndrome has a lot for me to do with when I'm not fully committing to something. Because once you fully commit to something, of course, these feelings come and go. But when you are in it, you gain a sense of accomplish of confidence of understanding of establishment within whatever it is you're doing yeah yeah I actually think that is super true because like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode how this topic we started talking about it a lot when we were in Singapore almost two years ago now that was a time where I felt so much imposter syndrome and was really in my head and like having so many identity crises and I think that a big part of that is the non-commitment, the non-completely diving in, because for context, and Catherine and I were 
twins if you're new to the show. We feel the need to throw that out there every once in a while just in case you're a newer listener and you haven't caught on to that. So we have a little bit of the same life story, but we lived in Hong Kong for four years when we were younger, from like 10 to 14. We went to an international school there. We learned Mandarin. So much cool stuff that kind of shaped our lives. And so for a while, like, that's been a huge part of me. That was kind of a huge part of my childhood and my growing up, and it's been a piece of my identity. But the longer that it had been since I lived in Asia, the more that I felt almost fraudulent when I talked about it. Like, how far away can I be from this experience while still claiming it as my experience? Because, yes, it was part of my life, but it wasn't part of the past 10 years of, or I guess 10 years. It wasn't part of the past five years of my life at this point, the past eight years of my life at this point. So at what point do I unclaim that? Like, I kind of felt like a fraud or like I was kind of making it up when I was saying it, even though they weren't my real life experiences. And so for so long, I had kind of built up in my head the pressure of the next time I went back to Asia and was able to go back and like how special that would feel and how much I wanted to feel like I was back home with that. And then we had the opportunity to go spend six months in Singapore, six years after we had left Hong Kong, go back to Singapore. And it just didn't totally feel that way to me. It obviously wasn't, Singapore is not the same as Hong Kong, so it wasn't the exact same environment, but It was a situation where I didn't dive completely into it and I my head wasn't fully in the game and I like mentally was kind of going through a tough time when I was there and it just spiraled into this huge imposter syndrome of like maybe I can't claim all of this the way that I always had or like what what piece of this experience is actually real and the more that I didn't give my all to the experience and kind of held back from it the more I think that imposter syndrome spiraled I don't know if you had the same experience and then another more recent example where I really felt imposter syndrome was starting the first week or but even the first month of an internship that I did last year starting last January so it's been about a year now since this happened but it's like so prevalent in my mind because I'm like I never want to feel this way again And I think that it happened for a lot of reasons because now I'm trying to kind of pick apart where the stemming of these feelings and the situation came from. But this internship that I did was like my first real kind of big corporate position, even though obviously like it was a six month internship. It was a much more serious role than I'd ever done. It was with a big organization, corporate And I walked in on the first week and I was in like a small team of four and it was three men. I was the youngest one there. I was the only girl. I was the least experienced because there was one other intern, but he's a grad student and I was undergrad. And then the other two were our managers in the company. And I think I felt so kind of inferior, not necessarily inferior, but like it brought on that feeling of being a fraud. Like, why am I able to be in the room with these people why would they want to listen to what I have to say? Like, why are my, why am I valuable to this team? Why did they choose me? All of these questions start spiraling. And like, it had such a major effect on me for that, for that first week when I was introducing myself to people, I was so quiet. Like I was so not myself, so not confident at all. Like I'm used to feeling. And I really did not like the way that I was presenting myself because I was just so in my head about this and and felt so kind of trapped by it. And that, that lasted for at least a month before I was pretty supported by my team and was able to really break out and and take a bit more leadership and more of an independent role and the more positive feedback I got the more it helped me where towards the end I was like okay now I'm really acting like myself now I'm really performing in the way that I know I can 
But in the beginning, that imposter syndrome was almost so crippling. And that's a situation, too, where it's just a result of overthinking your credentials. Yeah. You know, it wasn't necessarily that your team was being negative or making it a hostile environment because, you know, within a month when you got comfortable and acclimated, you felt supported. But it took a lot of overriding those thought patterns of I'm not supposed to be here. I'm literally just a girl. (laughs) I'm literally just a girl. (laughs) It is interesting. And I think about this a lot in this context when you meet people and you see people, whatever it is, maybe you meet someone at work, a boss or a mentor, you see them, your first impression or your first introduction to them is with this certain title. So if you work in marketing, your boss or mentor in that position, you're going to think of them as like the higher being of marketing. You know, that is all that you know about them. You may know, oh, their family, little facts that they tell you, but to a certain extent, that's all you know about them. Whereas yourself, like, you've been yourself since you couldn't walk. You know what I mean? Like, you know all of the times that you've failed. You know everything that you've had to do to learn something. You Mm -hmm. know all the growth that you've ever had to do, which every single person has had to do all of those things. But we don't see that. We just present where we're at now and, you know, how we want to be perceived to people. So when you meet people, it doesn't matter what it is. If you meet someone, like, at the skate park, you're going to think of them as, like, oh, they're a skater. You don't know that they go and sit in a corporate corporate job if you go to dinner with someone and they know a couple facts about the wine on the menu you're gonna be like wow they're like really they are a real life sommelier right here (laughs) i am in the presence of some no like they just like know the things they learned that at some point um and it's just that you don't know those things as well or at all yet and that's fine and that's totally fine but because you've been with yourself since the start of you learning some skill or interest or whatever it is you know all the things that you have messed up you know all the things that you don't know Mm. you know how long you've been in it you don't know that for other people so you just take it at face value when you hear other people doing or knowing or being certain things yeah and I going off of that would say that one of the biggest steps in overcoming this self-doubt as we move into giving some advice on how to overcome imposter syndrome and just overall self-doubt is that you have to remember that everybody does make mistakes because like in Catherine said most of the time you're only viewing your own mistakes or failures in a way and like we talked about before a lot of imposter syndrome can stem from the fear of failure and so that combined a fear of failure and also only seeing your minor mistakes all the time and nobody else's is going to make you feel like you're failing and messing up and making mistakes more often than other people when that's not true. So don't be afraid to make mistakes. It's a normal part of learning and growing. And everyone does mess up sometimes. Like, we literally are all human. And even the people who seem like they have it all together and they're always checking all the boxes, getting their stuff in on time, doing the perfect job, like, they have ways that they doubt themselves, too, and they have mistakes that they make, too. I saw on Instagram recently... I guess the intern at HBO Max, somebody who was interning. Didn't that happen a while ago? Maybe it did. I just saw it on Instagram recently, but they sent a, a blank I tester forget what exactly email happened. out to the oh. subscriber list. And so all of HBO Max's subscribers got this blank tester email, or at least a lot of them did. And HBO tweeted saying, yes, this happened. Yes, it was the intern, and we're supporting them to to help them through it. Which... 
is the best response ever because it's acknowledging that like this person is new to this industry and what they're doing. Of course they made a mistake. And guess what? The bigger mistake is probably that a person with that little experience had access to even be able to send that, you know, that's probably more of an organizational mistake, but that was super positive to see that like they're fostering that idea that it's okay. Everybody does make mistakes. Let's work through this and not have something like that happen again versus like firing you for it because it was an honest mistake. And a lot of people were following up tweeting like the insane, embarrassing things. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw this like a thread of, yeah, there was one woman who was like, I was using my um, email calendar to, I'm, she was like, I'm 37 years old. I was using my email calendar to track my period for at least a year nobody told me it was a public calendar and I was just like writing down my symptoms and bleeding and all that stuff that's that's one that I remember I'm not sure all the others that I remember or like oh someone said I assigned everyone on my team to a Sesame Street character and I meant to send it to just my work friend but I sent it in an email to the entire team (laughs) and my manager like wanted to fire me and she said but Ernie and Bert stepped in and and helped me kind of get through the mistake so that was like a cool moment to see people kind of coming together and being like yeah at 37 I made this mistake when I was at a top role in my job I sent this wrong email out somebody had a manager named Alan and addressed them in an email as anal accidentally (laughs) like everybody makes mistakes like that sometimes so that's a super important thing to remember that those things happen and also another big reminder is that nobody is intrinsically better than you or more worthy than you like every single person is born as a baby and learns everything that they learn like everyone has learned all of the information nobody is born hardwired with information about finance and about history and anything like that or even if they are an expert or really good naturally Mm -hmm. at what they're doing or what you're seeking to do they're a beginner at something else exactly yeah and So everybody is human. Nobody is born as a superhero. And so I think that's really important to learn to kind of bring others down from the pedestal that having them on might be putting some imposter syndrome on you because of. My second tip in overcoming self-doubt is focusing on your progress. Instead of dwelling on what you haven't achieved, there's always ways to celebrate how far you've come, even if that's the consistency. Even if it's not like positive progress in output, or maybe it's not positive progress in like change, like having positive growth in something, there's always some sort of positive change. Like, and it might just be in the output of your work, how much you're working, how many people you've connected with at your job, how many plans you've created, how many ideas you've had. And then it might also be something is positively growing, but you're dwelling on the things that seem to be negative because it's really hard in any situation of life for everything to be perfect at the same time. So look at your progress and remind yourself of all the hard work you're putting in regardless of the outcomes of it. And then also make sure to know all of the positive things that are happening because it's so much easier to harp on those negatives and then let that be a source of imposter syndrome for you. Probably the most important thing, though, in overcoming imposter syndrome and self-doubt is to challenge the negative thoughts themselves. Because at the end of the day, this is all thought patterns. This is all you telling yourself I am not this person. I just got lucky. I'm not deserving of this. Rather than acknowledging everything that you did to get in that position, even if part of it was luck, because that is a part of life as well. Like you are not less worthy of something because maybe you didn't have to grind blood, sweat and tears every day to get there. 
like don't ever feel bad for the circumstances that have also been placed in your lap don't let that make you feel like a fraud either so regardless of what it is challenge those negative thoughts so when you start to feel like a fraud stop and question those thoughts and what they're stemming from are they based on reality or is it just your inner critic coming out and trying to play devil's advocate and challenge you and then challenge them back with evidence of your accomplishments of your skills and remembering the journey that it took for you to get in the place that you are you don't have to be working yourself to the ground to get somewhere that's not a an indicator of your success or your success in something Mm -hmm. um or expertise like you're allowed to take breaks or do it leisurely and not only enjoy the process and other things but also be really really good at something yeah actually that's interesting because a lot of the time you look at the difference between some top top people and billionaires and CEOs and others and you see that some of them are so high stress and have so many health issues and are so unhappy and maybe the business is thriving and successful but ultimately they're not because they're so consumed by hustle culture and identifying with the success of their business that they don't think about themselves and they're not thinking about their own stress levels versus you have this other group of people who are all about working smarter not harder and prioritizing their wellness and their happiness and their well-being at the same time and I would bet that those people who are reflecting inwards and prioritizing themselves who are at the top have a much better sense of self and experience this imposter syndrome way less because their identity is a lot less connected to the output of their work and way more connected to how they feel and their personal output in terms of working smarter rather than grinding yourself to the ground. And so with that, I think that practicing mindfulness and gratitude and focusing on yourself, building your relationship with yourself, just like everything else, I think is hugely transformative if you're experiencing imposter syndrome. Because tuning into the present moment and being able to appreciate all of the good things in life can also shift your focus away from those negative thoughts that you may be having about yourself and about your experience and make you feel more grateful for the position that you're in and also mindful of what your experiences are in that position versus just having the self-doubt like I don't deserve to be here. So mindfulness and gratitude, absolutely self-compassion absolutely and then my final piece of advice is also to take action because progress comes from action and if you are having these thoughts of self-doubt and imposter syndrome because you feel like you are at a standstill and maybe you really feel like your output isn't what it could be then progress comes from action not just rumination about it so it's not helping you by ruminating on these negative thoughts Instead, taking small steps, even when you're kind of unsure about what that next step is, even if you still are kind of feeling negative, just getting up and taking that next step is going to help you build confidence and overcome this hesitation and ultimately help you overcome more self-doubt and imposter syndrome. Thank you guys so much for listening. This episode and every other episode, please make sure you're following the podcast wherever you listen on Spotify or Apple. And if you have it in your heart, leave a five-star review. We appreciate that so much. We appreciate you guys being with us. And we're so grateful to have you guys here this week and every week. We love you, and we will see you next Monday. Bye.
Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.